Welcome to the Raise with Jesus podcast, 10 minutes every day where the life of Jesus meets yours. You've got your daily Bible reading today from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians 4. Therefore, beyond this, brothers, just as you received instruction from us about how you are to walk so as to please God, as indeed you are doing, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that you do so even more. To be sure, you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. Indeed, this is God's will, that you be sanctified, namely, that you keep yourselves away from sexual immorality. He wants each of you to learn to obtain a wife for yourself in a way that is holy and honorable, not in lustful passion like the heathen who do not know God. No one is to overstep and take advantage of his brother in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger in all these things, just as we said previously and solemnly testified to it. For God did not call us for uncleanness, but in sanctification. Consequently, whoever rejects this is not rejecting a man, but the God who gives you his Holy Spirit. Concerning brotherly love, there is no need to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God, with the result that you love one another. In fact, you are doing so toward all the brothers throughout Macedonia. But we encourage you, brothers, to do this even more, and to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your own hands, just as we instructed you. Do this so that you are conducting yourselves decently toward outsiders, and not lacking anything." We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who have fallen asleep, so that you do not grieve in the same way as the others who have no hope. Indeed, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, then in the same way we also believe that God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep through Jesus. In fact, we tell you this by the word of the Lord. We who are alive and left until the coming of the Lord will certainly not go on ahead of those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up in the clouds together with them to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore encourage one another with these words. This is the word of our God. Here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, Paul turns his attention a little bit more toward the topic of sanctification as opposed to justification. Perhaps if those words ring a bell, you remember that justification is our standing before God, that you are justified, that is declared not guilty um, by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, that Christ's righteousness has been attributed to you and to me. This is complete and fulfilled completely, Um, and it's all God's work from beginning to end. And then sanctification is our life of holiness, and this is God's work through us as we as we do good deeds toward God and toward neighbor. It's um, it's the work of the Holy Spirit and the work of Jesus Christ through us to carry out good works to lead a sanctified that is a holy life. And I think the illustration there that I like to use that I borrowed from Professor Bivens in dogmatics class back at the seminary was, who is it that does a good work um, in this life of sanctification? Well, look at the light bulb in, in your kitchen or in your house. When you turn on the switch, what gives off the light? 
Does the light bulb give off the light? Yes. Does the electricity give off the light? Yes. Um, but the light bulb won't give off light without electricity. So in a similar way, does the Christian do good works? Yes. Is Jesus doing good works through that person? Yes. But that person would not do good works if Jesus were not active in that person. So when we talk about the life of sanctification, you'll note especially Paul's tone that he is that he's addressing them as Christians um, and this this idea of of more and more verse one we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that you do so even more or you do so more and more he's saying that you you are doing these things already and continue to do so. Um, pay attention to what you are doing. Pay attention to the way you walk so that you can do these things in honor of God more and more. This is God's will that you be sanctified, that you keep yourselves away from sexual immorality. Paul has to deal with a lot of sexual immorality when he's writing to the churches um, up there in Thessalonica, you know, up in Macedonia all the way down here to Corinth, where he's going to be in the, the next stop on that journey. Right now, he's writing from Athens, of course. And part of that, perhaps, is because sexual immorality is its own special temptation. Part of that is the cultural ideas about sexual immorality, especially there in the Roman culture. And so Paul really takes a little bit more care to speak carefully, um, in some ways to speak even bluntly about how we are to lead our lives, to live our lives, that each person is to obtain a wife for yourself in a way that is holy and honorable, not in lustful passion like the heathen who do not know God. No one is to overstep and take advantage of his brother in this matter. And so when he does this, when he, when he writes this, Paul says, you know, the purpose in all this is to lead a sanctified life. The purpose in all this is to find joy in the life that God has, that God has designed and not to go chasing after the pleasures that this world would talk about. And so as he kind of continues this, he's talking about that same sanctified Christian living. That is, leading a life of faith and good works, that the Holy Spirit has called you about the gospel and set apart, set you apart in order to do good works. And he gets that same idea of more and more, or even more down here in verses 9 and 10, when he talks about brotherly love, that you actually do love one another, and you are doing this toward all the brothers throughout Macedonia, but we encourage you to do this even more. And, and then Paul has his gentle admonition um, to what does it look like to do this more and more? What does it look like to lead a sanctified life? Um, make it your ambition, verse 11, to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, to work with your own hands, just as we instructed you. And that's kind of like, like what we talked about back in Ecclesiastes, especially Ecclesiastes 3, 4, and 5, I believe, on the topic of vocation and paying attention primarily to our circle of responsibility rather than <laughs> the things that we are are not able to control. We pay attention to what God has entrusted to us as part of our vocation before we go chasing after everything else and getting ourselves all worked up about things that we can't control. So then finally, the last portion of this chapter, Paul talks about the return of Jesus. And this is this has been a fairly consistent theme in First Thessalonians, that he talks about the return to Jesus at the near the end of each chapter. And that's obviously encouraging. 
Um, it it reminds us that there's urgency for for our work. It reminds us that there's a lot to look forward to, but there's also you know maybe Paul is addressing what he something that he knows to be a problem, and he didn't get to spend as much time in Thessalonica as he would have hoped. You can kind of tell that. And so verses 13 and following, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who fall asleep. And what you really have to notice here in verses 13 and 14 is the difference between falling asleep and dying. Very consistently throughout the New Testament, um, believers passing away, believers dying, is referred to as falling asleep. And the connotation, of course, is if you fall asleep, you'll be woken up. And we know that you'll be woken up at the end of time when your body is raised from the dead, body and soul joined together in a glorified manner. But the contrast is that, verse 14, we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we also believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. How interesting that Jesus himself died, that Jesus was separated from the loving presence of God, that Jesus experienced this complete and total separation. Jesus died. And the result for the Christian is that even for us, death is only a sleep. It is temporary. And the, the sleep the sleep of death is as temporary as sleeping in, you know, waking up from the bed that you slept in last night. The, the casket that we will inhabit is as temporary as the sleeping bag that you used on your last camping trip. It is temporary. Jesus died. Believers sleep. They fall asleep. And the promise there is that when Jesus returns at Judgment Day, he's going to bring with him the souls of those who are who have already passed away, the souls of believers who are now living in heaven, and you will see them again. There is specific comfort here that at Judgment Day and for all eternity, you'll see your loved one who has died in Christ, who has passed away, who has, yes, fallen asleep in Christ. And so 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 actually shows up a few times in the Lutheran confessions that are in the book of Concord, um, particularly in three, three specific instances when they're talking about the marriage of priests and, um, and the Roman Catholic demand for celibacy. And secondly, when they talk about vocation, such as in the fourth petition and give us this day our daily bread, there's a reference to carrying out our daily activity. In the large catechism about the fourth petition, this is what Luther says. To sum it up, this petition, that is, give us this day our daily bread, this petition includes everything that belongs to our entire life in this world, for we need daily bread because of life alone. It is not only necessary for our life that our body have food and clothes and other necessaries, it is also necessary that we spend our days in peace and quiet among the people with whom we live and have dealings in daily business and conversation and all sorts of things. In short, this petition applies both to the household and also to the neighborly or civic relationship and government. And then finally, the third topic that 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 really addresses is Christ's return for judgment. And 1 Thessalonians 4 is at the very least alluded to in the Augsburg Confession, Article 17. Um, reads like this, Our churches teach at the end of the world, Christ will appear for judgment and will raise all the dead. He will give the godly and elect eternal life and everlasting joys, but he will condemn ungodly people and the devils to be tormented without end. And that very first sentence is a direct allusion to 1 Thessalonians 4, especially verses 13 through the opening verses of chapter 5. So what do we learn from this? That 
there is comfort here, um, that there is direction here, there's guidance here, and that there is um, a peek into the future for you and for me. We have direction and guidance for our daily life, that how we are to live um, in a sanctified life. We are to do so more and more. And what are some specific encouragements from Paul here, from God here? Yes. And then we also have some comfort, um, the comfort that Jesus died. And so for us, death is only asleep. And then a peek into the future that at the end of time, Jesus will return on the clouds of heaven with those who have, yes, fallen asleep in him. And so we will be with the Lord forever. As you go about your day, think about those things. Think about the direction and guidance, the comfort, and the peek into the future. And which one is most encouraging to you right now? Which one is something that you would most like to discuss with another Christian right now? Which one makes you want to say, hey, (laughs) this is awesome. Let's go talk about this more. Um, Let me find a way to encourage you with this truth that that the pain you're suffering right now or whatever it is you're dealing with right now is only going to be temporary. That if you think that you're just being caught up in the rat race of life and doing the daily, the daily grind, um, dear friend, that is the vocation that God has given for you. And you can do that gladly and joyfully because he has chosen it specifically for you. And if, dear friend, you're grieving because you have lost your loved one, that loved one has only fallen asleep in Christ and no, they are not lost. Thanks for joining us here at the Raise with Jesus podcast. If you think this this episode or any other episode has been particularly helpful or beneficial, um, go ahead and share it with a friend. Just hit that share button or tell them to download the Podbean app in their app store. God bless your day.